Well, hello, and uh, welcome to episode two of From the Hangar. As you can see, we are in the hangar. If you're listening to us, uh, you should check us out on YouTube because we are in between two planes right now. Um, I'm super excited uh, that Joel is here with us. Uh, Joel Gieslin is a pilot here uh, with Mission Aviation Fellowship, uh, serving out of Wamana currently uh, in Papua, Indonesia. Uh, and fun fact, actually, we started at MAF uh, around the same time in 2017, yeah. right? That's right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super, super excited um, that he would honestly take some time out of his busy day uh, to hop on a podcast for episode two. Um, he's currently on furlough. We'll get into probably, I'm sure, some of that and, and yeah. your busy schedule with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Joel, thanks so much for, cool. for taking the time. It's my pleasure. I appreciate Happy it. to be here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well... I would love if you would just take some time to introduce yourself, tell uh, tell me a little bit more about yourself, how you got to MAF as a whole, all of that kind of oh, stuff, man. whatever you want to go. How many hours do you have? Uh, just kidding. We could go for <laughs> as long as we need to. <laughs> uh, well, my name is Joel Giesland, and uh, my wife, Christy, and I, and our five kids, uh, we serve with Mission Aviation Fellowship in Wamana, Papua. So that's in Indonesia. It's all the way uh, to the east end of Indonesia on the island of Papua. And um, so we're happy to be here today and uh, share some of what God's doing in, in Papua. And um, yeah, so um, let's see. Um, I, f- I grew up in Ohio and um, actually my brothers and I uh, were really uh, started to see and learn about aviation and airplanes even from a young age. And, uh, and uh, I think my first exposure to uh, flying in a small airplane was actually at uh, missions at the airport. Uh, huh. It's actually kind of a thing that uh, JARS does. Cool. Uh, but uh, it was really awesome to get a chance to see uh, how um, God uses um, missions and aviation together in, in this. And for me, it was always about, you know, I heard uh, Marilyn Laszlo's stories and testimony about things that God was doing in Papua New Guinea and um, using the airplane. And that kind of stirred my heart as a, at a young age. I go, you know, wow, that is incredible. And, um, you know, I, I was actually at that event that I got to uh, sit right seat in an airplane and the, the pilot uh, let me turn the airplane a little <laughs> bit. And it was just, it was amazing. I thought, wow. And of course, I'd never uh, driven a car at that yeah. point. So you know, it's, it's a little kid, about 11 years old. It's, it's quite a thrill, you know. Yeah. And uh, actually, a 206 kind of uh, aircraft is one of the first uh, that I was sitting in and flying. And so uh, that was such a thrill at a young age. And I thought, wow, what if... You someday I could uh, be a pilot and mix uh, aviation and missions together. Although, for me, I, th- I think I said that wrong. It really was more like missions. Hmm. And then, how how can I do that? Well, through aviation, that is a really unique um, opportunity uh, to use technical skills as well as, uh, but to serve in ministry and sharing the love of Jesus to people who have yet or maybe haven't clearly understood or uh, maybe don't have a chance yet to hear. So, um, yeah, that was kind of maybe a, a little bit of uh, background as to w- how I got started in aviation period or yeah. maybe even towards the bend towards mission aviation. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, yeah, having a having an event like that at an yeah. airport and as an, as an 11-year-old, I can imagine that uh, turning an airplane before you even touch like a car is yeah, probably right. like, such a wild thing. I'm like, wait, this doesn't wait, feel wait, like <laughs> this doesn't feel like the natural progression that I should be taking. So I suppose I flew before I drove, but yeah. not really because I mean the pilot was there. He's like, here, I pretend to fly the airplane for a second. <laughs> but at 11, you're like, <laughs> you're I'm like, flying the airplane. I'm taking yeah, control right. of this whole thing. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So then from that point on, like, yeah. talk to me about like 
you're in high school, you're in college. Like what, what was your life like at that point? Cause I think yeah. if I'm familiar, if I'm correct, you guys actually moved in high school to Eastern Europe. Is that correct? correct? Yes. Um, so, um, through high school, I got the, uh, really, God really started to stir my heart, uh, through actually it's, uh, Matthew, uh, chapter nine, verse 36, where it says, uh, Jesus looked upon the crowds and he had compassion on them for they were lost uh, and uh, like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. And he said to his disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest field. And so he's, even as in high school, I was really praying, okay, God, what can I do? And there was a ministry that took teenagers on mission trips in high school. And um, so I had the opportunity, it's really what I would say it is, to go to the Philippines, to go to several other countries during my high school time. And God really started to stir deeply in my heart. Okay, missions is what, uh, I really want to do occupationally. And, yeah. uh, okay, so then what is God, how to, what is the tool that God wants to use for that? So, yeah, I had exposure to and excitement about aviation, but was it that quite the fit? I wasn't quite sure. Mm. So at the uh, end of high school, I went to an internship that focused for a year on just seeking the Lord and serving and uh, actually reaching out to youth here in America. So then um, during that year, I felt God really speak to my heart clearly. Okay, yes, mission aviation is uh, what I want you to go and study and cool. uh, train for that. So, yeah, and um, so at that time I was looking around for colleges and actually my older uh, brother, uh, Daniel, had um, uh, went on to, to Moody to cool. study mission aviation as yeah. well. Uh, and at that moment, right when I was getting ready to go to college, uh, Moody actually was in transition to to moving, and so they weren't open for enrollment that year. Yeah. And I was like, ah, man, bummer. But uh, <laughs> but then I found Laterno and uh, Laterno University in East Texas, and I was really it was such a uh, an amazing experience at Laterno. What a, a, a Christ-centered university that was just a, an awesome four years uh, cool. of studying there and, and training for mission aviation. So yeah. That's yeah. awesome, and uh, you met your wife there, correct? Yes. So right, the uh, probably the uh, best part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good answer. Yeah, good answer. <laughs> not probably the best part. <laughs> Let's clarify. Better, better catch. Better catch. Uh, no, but uh, absolutely, uh, that was such an awesome thing that uh, God brought us together, and cool. she has such a heart for missions as well. Yeah. And um, yes, yeah, so we um, were thrilled to be. At that point, uh, when graduated from high school, uh, from college, and from Laterno, and ready to um, say, "Okay, God, uh, how do you want to bring us to uh, the the mission field?" That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's cool how that like story obviously is so like clearly ordained. Where like you yeah. probably would have gone to Moody if yes, it had been right. opened, and yeah. and you and Christy <laughs> might have had a very different uh, uh, path either to each other or just For yeah, sure. however yeah. that that right. works. And, and God knows what He's doing, even in the the small. Uh, parts of our journey that maybe at the moment we don't understand. We look at it and go, God, what are you doing here? Why? Why? But yet seeing later on, maybe looking back, and sometimes it's hard to even see totally. later on. You go, I, I still don't get, why did I have to go through this or that? Or why was the story, you know, my journey or um, the unique aspects, why did it go that direction? I, I maybe don't understand, but at some points you can look back and say, aha, God was certainly at work in bringing Christy and I together. And uh, sure. so, yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah. I love that. Um, so then from Laterno, uh, why MAF? I mean, you mentioned JARS already. Yeah. Uh, we have great partnerships with Ethnos 360 and, and other uh, missionary aviation ministries. Uh, yes, right. Why MAF? Well, you know, um, I think it really uh, has to go back even a little further. It, it, it's... Uh, it, it's quite funny, but Christie's family, her dad and her, uh, had worked with um, uh, with 
uh, SIL and, yeah. and um, worked with JARS and, and Wycliffe. Um, and so even her granddad was president of SIL or, um, you know, in there in Dallas. And so she has a quite a rich history of friends and family that uh, um, worked with uh, Wycliffe. And so she was kind of like, well, why don't we go with JARS? You know, kind of this, uh, right. like, come on. Yeah, you know? like, it's in the family. <laughs> come on, you can't go away. You can't be a traitor. But right? you know, I have to say, after graduating from Letourneau, the biggest thing that we encountered was actually our student debt mm. uh, because um, we had quite a bit of student debt. And of course, there was a technical side of things. I needed to increase my experience. So we, I worked at um, being a, as a flight instructor for years. And uh, But this was right at 2008. So the economic downturn, nobody wanted to hire pilots. And there was just oh. such a... Uh, so we... Um, we got to about seven years after college, and we were still working hard to try and pay off our debt. Uh, Christy went back to school to study to become a nurse, and so she was a nurse at that time. Mm. We were both working uh, full-time jobs. She would work during the night, and I worked in the day, and we had three kids at this point, and we're just going nuts. We're like, man, this are we ever going to get to the mission field? And we're like mm. wrestling with this. And um, so a friend of ours from college, um, uh, he was a roommate of mine for a short time at uh, Letourneau, he um, was with MAF, and he said to us, he um, came back on furlough one time, and he was sharing the stories, talking about what God was doing, and sharing about the need for pilots. And I'm like, ah, I'm a pilot. <laughs> I can do that. That's, <laughs> That's what I've always <laughs> trained for. And it really so it resonated with me. And he said, um, why aren't you guys going? What, mm. What's, you know, not as a condemnation, but just a, hey, why don't you guys go? Yeah. What, would you consider and I said, absolutely, we would consider. And then I made it pretty clear. I was like, hey, but, you know, we've got this debt that we've been trying to work to pay off for so long. Mm. And um, and after he left, Christy and I, we both sat on the couch and we just looked at each other. We're like, you know, God's stirring our hearts. Mm. And right there at that moment, we just listened to some worship music. We just prayed and we said, God, if this is mission aviation, something that you want us to, to still pursue because we had in a way put it into the attic and said, I don't know if this will ever actually pan out because, you know, we're getting pretty into our jobs yeah. and um, we don't know if we'll ever pay off this debt. You sure. know, we want to buy a house, you know, these kind of things. Yeah. That, and um, it was one week later, matter of fact, that that mm -hmm. same friend called us and he said, I want God, feel like God is telling me to give uh, away all my uh, money. Mm. And he asked us or challenged him yeah. to give it to us. And we're like, wait a second. Hold wow. the phone. Wow. That's crazy. It was basically about half of our student debt that mm. his wow. gift um, just boom. So so you see that wow. we said, God, okay, is this what you want us to do? If it is, let's do it. Let's go crazy. Yeah. And a week later, he calls us and he says, I want to just give you and so we're like, okay, that's a confirmation, kind of the... the, the massive confirmation, uh, Massive, right? you know, it's right. like written in stone. Okay, we're going! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw everything to the side. We're going to focus and we're going to go. So the next year, it was quite of like a Dave Ramsey uh, beans and rice, you know, it yep. knuckled down and we paid off like $70,000 in the next year wow. and we went nuts. And it was at the same time, 2016, and it was December 2016. So then January, we started filling out the application for MAF. And you ask why particularly MAF is because at that time I had quite a bit of flying experience. I had set my maintenance uh, uh, skills to the side and yeah. not ha uh, worked as a mechanic for a, a few years. Okay. So um, at that point, we saw, okay, actually, there's an opportunity with MAF for a pilot specialist uh, with the experience that I had. So that kind of was just led us that in that particular direction. It wasn't that uh, there was um, there was some discussion of, okay, but 
man, we're just so excited to be a part of um, what God is doing around the world, and, yeah. and uh, we're thrilled to be here with MAF. And I love it. So, yeah. I love it. Um, so you obviously come to MAF uh, around the same time. I yes, remember right. vividly, uh, we do this thing at MAF called the Commissioning Chapel, where we uh, you've gone through all of the training that's necessary to yeah. be uh, put out in the field. I believe at that point, too, you fundraised yes, all of that. Right. And so right. uh, I vividly remember mm. you uh, and Christy and your class of people being commissioned. Yeah. And, yeah. and at MAF, we have this tradition of when we do a commissioning chapel, we stand around everybody yeah. and pray for them. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just remember because... I think at that time, uh, either I was filling in as a photographer or we had just hired our new uh, photographer, videographer, and so I was helping out with that. And yeah, yeah vividly remember those photos yeah, coming in. It's a really and, yeah. big moment for us. It's, it's kind of a culmination of years of training yeah. uh, and from going back to when I was 11 to all the way to, wow, this is happening and we're going. You know, we're, we're getting, oh, man, praise the Lord. So that was, yeah, that was a big moment. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that, man. Um, I feel like often I, I've heard a handful of these kinds of stories where yeah. um, uh, missionaries like you are, are telling your story, and I feel like I often hear about just this long journey. And so it's mm. really cool to hear how your journey was kind of just woven out and and, and very clearly um, scripted, but yeah. also there's so many things that had to fall into place perfectly yeah. for you guys to be here. And so yeah, right. Awesome. And like I said before, is, is in the journey, yeah. there's so many moments of, oh, man, why is our journey looking so different than somebody mm -hmm. else's? Because you look around and I see some of my friends that maybe had gone on to this or that corporate job or this or that aviation or into missions straight away or whatnot. And I just think, what is wrong with me? Or, oh, you know, yeah. what, and all oh, this will never happen. But then just simply stepping through whatever the Lord puts in front of you faithfully and walking in that, in, in not to say that, that it will end the way you expect. Totally. No, but just being, realizing, trusting the Lord in that crazy journey mm. to say, okay, God, um, uh, this is in your hands yeah, and help me to have faith and trust you in this. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you are commissioned to Indonesia. Yes. Um, yes. can you talk yeah. to me a little bit about that process? Like how, why Indonesia, what does that look like? And then, um, yeah, once you're in Indonesia, what's the, the process for you guys? Cause I know right. there's language school and there's movement and all of that. Yeah. I'd and love to hear more about that. Back to the, the statement about journey. It's a journey. It's not, yeah. uh, you can't, uh, fast forward any part, whether you'd like to or not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just walk through it daily. Um, so we, um, were, uh, assigned, I guess you could say, um, to Indonesia, but there was, I, I really am grateful for the way that MAF, um, walked us through some of that. They shared with us different opportunities that are available around the world and said, here's the thing, places that we feel like you as a family could fit. And, uh, we really settled and, and prayed a lot about it and we're like, oh man, ah. but really felt the Lord leading us to go to Indonesia. Um, such a fantastic place for our kiddos. And, um, there's so much going on there that's just thrilling to be a part of so um yeah we we moved to indonesia and we went straight away to uh language school which i really appreciate because when you get there it is uh it, unless you've spent time in a country that that does not speak english very much at all yeah you really don't understand how debilitating it is mm. to be in a place where you just don't uh, you can't communicate. You can't even say good morning. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. how do they say hi? You know, <laughs> yeah, let's just start there. The basics, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, no. Okay, yeah. all, right. all right. I got this. <laughs> Let me go try it out. Uh, so we spent a year in language school. And uh, of course, that's, that's not easy. Uh, no matter what language you're learning, it is a tough uh, journey. Uh, but okay, so God uh, just walked us through that. Mm. And then we were able to move uh, on to Santani, where we received some more training. And of course, then right there, boom, 
COVID. Mm. And ooh, yeah. I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, we can't. But I'm just saying, the, so then after um, a season with COVID and so on, we can talk about that. But um, we were back in Indonesia and we moved to Wamana and we've been there in Wamana for two years oh. and uh, been able to do, again, flight training and specific specialized training for what we do in Papua with uh, flying the Kodiak and operating there. Yeah. So, uh, How close is Santani to Wamana? Because yeah. I, I obviously know those names by being here and, and working mostly in social media, but like what's that flight distance like ground distance yeah. all of that yeah. it's about 120 miles okay um and um there, is there some people that would probably uh gripe no it's 117.5 <laughs> okay <laughs> about 120 sounds great <laughs> i'm throwing out yeah, those numbers here <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's it is uh, more than 100 miles okay. from Sintani. and so papua is is um it's a large island um, and half of it is Papua New Guinea, and the other half is Papua, part of Indonesia. And right along the center is this large, uh, rather rugged chain of, of uh, mountains that mm. go up to 14,000 feet. Wow. So we're talking some big mountains, yeah. but it's on the equator. So you don't even notice because you think, oh, it's, it's, it doesn't have snow. So it's not a big mountain if it doesn't have snow, right? Well, uh, it's on the equator. So there's, there's pine trees on the top of it. No, uh, but really, there are trees quite high on the mountain. Yeah. That's beside the point, not here nor there. But uh, <laughs> so Sintani is actually on the coast, and there's a lot of shipping that comes into Sintani. And then there's a massive amount of jungle. It's about uh, 70, 80 miles of just jungle. Mm. Swampland and so on, and then you get to the hills, and they rapidly rise up to these the spine of mountains. Waman is actually right in the middle of the spine of mountains in wow. this bowl, kind of surrounded. So it the elevation is right around uh, Denver, Colorado, kind of five thousand feet. Wow. And uh, so the so don't tell anybody else this because they'll be jealous of us. But we have <laughs> year round um, about from sixty to eighty degree weather. So oh. it's uh, I know. <laughs> So I'm quite freezing. I'm like, uh, this is cold here. Yeah, it's, what it's, you, what's what, going on? 50 degrees out. And I'm like, it's springtime in Boise. I'm yes. thrilled. And you're like, where's my coat and my jacket? And, oh, I'm freezing. I'm so We just jealous. turned up the heat in the house. We're like, it's 72, but it's still cold. <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's not 82 with a 95% humidity. Come on. No, but uh, yeah, so um, that's kind of a picture of where Wamana is. It's cool. actually um, because of the swampland between Sintani and uh, Wamana, there is uh, not a good road. Hmm. Matter of fact, uh, that's one of the challenges. They, they have 737s that fly everything. Wow. Shoes, belts, pants, shirts, hats, coats, uh, plane parts, tires, wow. anything that is not grown there has to be it's flown funny. there. Wow. So there's a quite, all day long, there's these mm. jets coming in and, and back and forth and back and forth. Anyway, so Wamana is quite a unique place in that uh, cement, I think the bag of cement is the highest price in the entire, uh, in the world, I think, in wow. terms of the, for the size of the city. I, somebody will also fact check me on that and be yeah. like, hey, no, it's not, but it's really expensive yeah. to say that because everything has to be flown in. There is a road, but um, it can take uh, two to three weeks and the, the trucks have to be pulled through some of the rivers with excavators. The mud is, is higher than, uh, well, let's see, it's a uh, like 10 foot high mud oh. kind of channels. They have to be pulled. Through. Anyway, point is, it's a mess. The airplane is very much a, a, a useful, powerful tool there yeah. in, uh, in Papua. I was just about to say that makes all the sense in the world than why airplanes are so valuable. I mean, we hear those yes. stories often of of the value of the airplane in all of these various places. But right. yeah, I'd rather not be trucking through uh, 10 feet of mud well, and, trying to and, just get to a place. And then you have some people that want to, um, uh, let's say, tax you as you go past. Mm, uh, yeah. That's a yeah. nice way of Good saying way it. Good way to put it. Good way to put it. Yeah. But, um, and you know, that's just to get to Wamana. From Wamana, there are so many villages that there are no roads to, which mm. 
to me in 2023, here we go. That's not possible. Yeah. That doesn't, right. there's not, right. there don't exist communities that don't have roads. Come on, man. You gotta be joking. But they're absolutely, uh, are dependent on the airplane. And that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean our airplane because there's other operators that fly yeah. into some of these uh, remote strips. But, um, it's quite stunning when you take off and the ground literally caves away from you and you're immediately at 2,000 feet looking at the valley, these oh. sheer cliffs that the vegetation is falling off because it can't stick to it because it's just a sheer uh, limestone and you're going out the valley. I'm thinking of Angrut, for example. It's mm. just a, and there's no road to there. Uh, so um, for any kind of medical needs, any kind of medicine, mm. any kind of doctors or, or trained professionals that would help, yeah. you know, yeah. they need to be brought in mm. or people flown out to learn those things and come back. But anyhow, yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild. It really, yeah, it is really wild. It's, I often see photos and naturally being in the role that I'm in, I see a lot of the photos that you take or, or other pilots or staff members take and, and isolation is just such a hard thing to like grasp and especially right. like being in the states where yeah. yeah like you said there's a road to everywhere i mean i'm just thinking of being in boise and we're 20 minutes away from everything right and, sure. and yes. right to have <sighs> something where yeah you have nothing to get to uh, yeah that's right insane. insane so uh so the airplane in that kind of a scenario and i and i think it really became clear to me when when i first arrived uh i started flying with nathan foggerly yeah. when i first got there two years ago and uh, we started to he, he just showed me around and we we're flying over these villages he's like this village they've got a school there but they don't have a clinic and over here this village they have a clinic but no school mm. and uh, oh this one over here is a church and a bible school and whatever and there's no roads to any of them we fly in there and this one we, but i started to really get an understanding of how important it is uh, that for for them to have a, an airplane flying there doesn't have to be ours, but at the same time, uh, we're able to take our airplane and help facilitate. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say for example, bringing in pastors. I'm thinking of Silimo, where it's a place mm, that I fly yeah. uh, often, and um, here's these uh, these folks that um, 1962 Ed Maxey came over the hill from Wamana. He climbed over the mountain and he's coming down into the valley. And the guys saw him from a long ways off. They're like, "Oh man, what is this pale person? Yeah, you know, very right, white." Right. And they said, "We're gonna kill him. We don't understand it. We're gonna kill him. We're just gonna kill him. Yep. No, yeah, we're just gonna right here, right there." Yeah. And they actually got gathered around to kill Ed Maxey in this 1962 and. Um, and this one guy said, hold on, he's exhausted. He's laying on the ground. Let's give him a chance to at least <laughs> get up and, and then we'll kill him. Yeah, <laughs> honorable. That's honorable. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. <laughs> and God paved the way mm. for him to actually share with them uh, and learn the language, move his family there. And his son, uh, uh, Buzz and uh, Maxie, and his, his wife, Myrna, now are continuing on this work cool. 63 years later, I guess maybe 60 years later now, wow. um, where they are finishing up the Old Testament, and they're just about ready to have a total Bible, like a, the entire Bible wow. dedicated this this fall huh. in Silimo. And you just go, oh my goodness, this is 60 years of work. This, I think, is a perfect example of how, yeah, MAF has been there for the with them mm -hmm. and other organizations as well, but MAF has been helping them all this way, 60 years, and now we're finally starting to see, I don't want to see the culmination, but the, not necessarily the end, Yeah. because just having the Bible on your shelf is not the end, yeah? yeah? Right. Uh, but there is a thriving church there. Mm. There is. Uh, there are folks who are getting it, to really get what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and um, what a great opportunity to, to finally give these guys the entire Bible, the whole picture, and say, wow, here it is. So, uh, 
a few months ago, I was able to fly out of Silimo, some of the guys who knew the language well enough to articulate and read, and um, and then they had an audio recording of the New Testament. Oh, wow. So they've, they're working on both, not only the whole Bible, but also an audio recording of the New Testament that will be available in these um, little uh, solar-powered playback uh, uh, devices cool. that they're giving out. And it's an MP3 player, but it's solar-powered, solar-charged. Yeah. And they can play the Bible in Nalik, I believe is the language there, um, in the local language, where they can hear the Word of God, uh, read the Word of God. Because, you know, many people, if they have eyesight problems or whatnot, totally. uh, there's so many ways in which um, they need uh, m- multiple different methods right. so that they can hear, understand, and really get it. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Wow. So, wow. Wow. I feel like there's often, um, yeah, we take for granted the fact that we have the Bible in our language, right? Yes, and and indeed. start yeah. to finish, and I mean, in English, it's in what seems like hundreds of translations, and, and, and the fact that, yeah, you get to be a part of, and MAF has been a part of that whole process and that whole journey is so right. cool. But then also you add in the fact of like, some people are even beyond eyesight or issue, yes, auditory learners, yes. right? They right. need to learn through... The ears and and having the ability to do both, like what a well, blessing! You think of the the very first time the Western world actually knew much about the Balim Valley, and I'm talking about where Wamana is, that bowl in the yeah. middle of the mountains, was in the 1940s. Actually, in World War II, some of the planes were flying over. They're like, wait a second, there's people that live <laughs> down in this valley. What is going on? And there's a book about it. But anyway, um, and so you understand these guys came from uh, literally uh, uh, cannibalism and yeah. killing each other and wars and all this to now accelerate uh, 80 years, uh, simply 80 years or less, yeah. to, uh, wow, look at what God has done here in, in the Wamana Valley and around and uh, bringing the, the light of Jesus into this area. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to one of the um, fellows at Angruk again, uh, and, and I said, so what did it look like here in Angruk? Because he said in 1960s, I don't know the exact date, he said 1960s, the first uh, folks came here, the first ministers of the gospel came here. And, yeah. and um, he said, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what it's like. Uh, it was dark and we ate people. And I, you know, you just you, jaw hits the floor. And I'm yeah. like, wait a second. <laughs> like, can we run that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on, take care. You got to be wrong. And he said, because he said, Makan Manusia, which means Makan means eat, and Manusia means people or population or, or you know. Yeah. And we, we, we just ate the population, meaning uh, our enemies, or people we didn't like yeah. or disagreed with. They had wars and then they ate the people. A matter of fact, in view of the people on the other side of the valley oh, to, wow. to make fun of and say, we killed That's them, like we're going to eat them. Almost. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. With hooping and hollering that they can hear. And, and he said, since then, uh, since the gospel has come in here and people have been sharing with us about Jesus, it's transformed the culture, mm-hmm. transformed the entire area. Now they have a clinic, a school, and uh, churches there. And mm-hmm. so you just go, wow, praise God. Look at um, what God has done. Not what MAF has done, not right. what I've done. No, look at what God has done. We happen to be a part of it. Totally. And help in what, what, what can we do? Well, we can fly an airplane, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. But man... Look at what God has done to bring people from darkness to light. Mm. And um, uh, so it's, yeah, this is kind of why we're there. It's yeah. uh, quite, it's exciting to see these, hear these stories. Yeah. And go, oh, man. Yeah. Praise God. MAF, I feel like, is um, such a beautiful representation of, of using like gifts, talents, abilities um, in the larger picture of the gospel as a mm. whole, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I feel like the Lord has obviously called us to be excellent in what we do and, and, to be either, either in the, the mission field or in the workplace or whatever that is, but to use the things that he has given you a passion for yeah. and be able to serve. And, and MAF is 
that to a T, right? Where, yeah, um, yeah MF pilots aren't necessarily translating the Bible, right? but right. they're supporting the people that are, and Absolutely. they're bringing the people that are. Um, but on top of that, they're giving people the access to the medical care that, that they need, yeah. which is awesome. Well, there's, there's so many pieces of it. And I, I say right. we fly heroes. We get to fly mm. the folks that really are going in there, living uh, in the tribes and sharing with them, uh, taking the time to walk through the Bible, to, to hear their language, to put it into writing, to teach them how to read, to give them basic medical care. Mm. You, <laughs> what do you do with... I, I wish I had examples that came to my mind, but there are so many ways in which there is folklore or n- total misunderstandings of what medical uh, practice should be. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking yeah. of the newborn babies. Uh, they don't like to give them milk right away because they think, mm-hmm. oh, no, we got to wait till uh, the different kind of milk comes in. And then huh. you give that to the baby. And here's this baby for two or three days without any milk from a mom. And you're just going, <gasps> would yeah. you please stop it? Yeah. Give the baby milk right away. Please. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So these ways that are just so practical and helping um, to mm. understand in, in humanitarian ways, practical ways, uh, but also spiritual ways that we can not try to force someone, but just share with them, hey, here is uh, uh, about Jesus mm. and, um, and heart transformation. It's so fun to see it when it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the last question I'm going to ask because we're coming up on, uh, on the episode time, but What's a day off look like yeah. for you? Because I, I, <laughs> Indonesia obviously is not the States. Most people that I would imagine have not been to Wamana specifically. <laughs> um, what does it look like f- for you to have a day off? We get up early, we check out Walmart, and then we go to the movies, and then we go <laughs> that's bowling. That's what it feels and, uh, like, right? Like that's, in my mind, I'm like, well, like, we, what, what does it look uh, like? Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's actually quite uh, normal people. We uh, try to do things around our house, you know, fix, uh, maybe make some repairs or mm. mow the yard or, or whatever. Um, but uh, spend some family time. There is, um, it, that is a challenge for some folks particularly that uh, like to go out and go to these different places or whatnot. But I don't know, we, somebody said we make our own fun. And mm. well, it's in some ways, yes, it's true. But um, we're so grateful for our friends, our teammates. Our, our, we live on a base, and so there's, a, there's a, a soccer field in the middle and houses all around. And so we really quite enjoy um, our friends and hanging out. We do things like have a campfire outside and... Cool. Uh, a movie at night and for the kids and just other things. I don't know. It's, yeah. We keep ourselves quite entertained. Uh, there are places around the Wamana Valley that we can drive out of the city. It's, I say city. It's, it's, it is a bit uh, noisy and at times and yeah. um, uh, gritty, we say. It's mm. <laughs> a, a really good, good <laughs> adjective there. It's a good description. But um, it's really nice to go out uh, of town a little bit sometimes and, and see. But um, yeah, I'd say we're just normal folks. It's Saturday, a day off or a day that um, we're not flying. There may be other things to do. If it's a work day, we're, there's other uh, plenty of other ways that we can help uh, to do things that need to be done, like yeah. uh, just maintain, maintaining the mowers or yeah. fixing the cars mm. or you know, doing things that help uh, us as a whole. We have um, quite a few national staff that help us. Cool. Um, they help load the airplanes, fuel the airplane, uh, run the office. And there's a lot of ways in which they help with uh, those kind of things too. Cool. Um, but um, yeah, this, we're just normal people. We like to hang out, play games, you know, um, uh, watch TV. Yeah, Love it. Uh, so um, listen to music. I, I would say read books, but that's not for me. I that's get, not my thing. I get that, which like we might have some hot takes on it. Like there are going to be people <laughs> probably right, like losing their minds being like, wait, what do they mean these people don't read? But I'm like, I'm like maybe a book a year. Is, that a, is this a safe space to uh, say that? Uh, oh, dude. <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> like, say, say that too loud. Like I know. I'm like I, like, I feel like I should whisper that. Like, Some of my smart friends, they read like 17,000 books a year, and they're like, you know, you're as good as the books you read. I'm like, oh. You're like, oh, so that means I'm absolutely I'm quite, nothing then. Quite, because I'm sorry. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> I, I started a book a handful of months ago that uh, I was like, I'm going to finish this by the end of 2022. And yeah. I don't I'd even think I touched it, it back <laughs> again. Like, I think I'm about three quarters of the way in. I'm just sitting on that and be like, 2023 it is. We're going to finish on. it by 2023. Let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah. I know I said the last question, but I'm going to ask one more. Uh, favorite Indonesian meal? Because I oh. know that Indonesian food as a whole around HQ is like pretty popular. There's a lot yes. of people that have served there. Yes. What What's your go-to? What's well, You're at a restaurant see, um, or, or cooking. So uh, actually, Christy makes a pretty good uh, soto ayam. She's learned from uh, some of the uh, folks uh, in Indonesia there how to make it. But it's a, it's a very yummy soup. It's got okay. quite a bit of uh, noodles and rice and other things. It's quite... Quite nice. Uh, then uh, if we're going to other bigger city outside of Wamana, the, the satay, which is kind of a barbecued chicken on a little uh, skewer. And anyway, it's uh, pretty yummy. But, I'm, uh, I'm in on that. That's, yes. I don't uh, think that Boise has an Indonesian restaurant, <laughs> but I feel like if if uh, you ever want to come back and open one, by all okay, means. Okay, like, here we go. <laughs> if you ever come back serve at HQ, I think Chrissy's got a, a job already lined up for us. Uh, so. There you go. Uh, oh, man. Well, Joel, thank you so much for taking the time. Sure. I really yeah. appreciate you. Uh, episode number two with Joel Gieslin. I mean, yeah. there's not Thanks, there's not a whole lot more that we can ask for. So, oh. yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you for the work that you do. Uh, and, yeah, thanks for yeah. hanging My out pleasure. and taking the time for to, to film a podcast and listen oh, sure. to and record My a pleasure. podcast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with that, uh, thanks so much for uh, listening, taking the time. Uh, thanks so much for um, hanging out with us, getting to know us a little bit more. Uh, if you're on YouTube, feel free to like, comment, subscribe. Did I just hit you with the, the normal YouTuber thing? I absolutely did. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, feel free to subscribe to that as well. Turn on notifications so you don't miss an episode. Um, yeah, thanks so much. We will see you next time on From the Hangar. Okay.